perfect. All right. Welcome to another episode of Eternal Champions, rather Eternal Champions interludes, rather. Joining me today, playing Dartum, is the magnificent Vash. Good evening, everybody. Good to be back. How are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing. I got a nice cup of coffee with me, making sure I miss nothing for this session. Okay. Okay, well, hopefully your perception rolls are high and your passive perception's even higher. I can promise they will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like when I was recording with Ernie. Um, when I wanted him to roll low <laughs> for, like, lore bits, right? For, like, you know, environmental lore bits, he rolled high and I'm like, son of a bitch. And then when, he, <laughs> when I wanted him to roll high for, like, perception checks, he's like, oh, I rolled a natural one. I'm like, there's no justifiable reason for me to give you advantage. I'm sorry. <laughs> this rock is a rock. Yes, but I, exactly. but I can give you the genealogy of it instead. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> with that being said, let's hop into it. Last we left off, Darnum and the party had retrieved the orb of the King in Crimson, returned it to Zizix, and being a man of his word, Zizix, along with about two-thirds of Calgrim's army, left. They went back to his homeland of Abevalo, never to grace Loria in the name of Calgrim ever again. <clears throat> After departing what was the island where the Lorehold was, you all returned to Kingsport on the fly-by-night, and there is where everyone began to go their own way. Evan and Astraos, talking amongst one another, started to go towards one end of town, um, Mirthal and the Breaker seemingly disappeared out of nowhere, while Valak, despite his stature, also seemingly vanished as well. <laughs> for, very, for a very large individual, he's quite nimble. Leaving just Darnum. Darnum, as you walk down the gangplank and out of the flyby night and onto the busy skyport, what is it that you would like to do? I meant at this point, since everyone's just bailed, Darnum's just... Ugh. Yep. Okay. Right. Huh. I guess someone should let Ankar know what happened. So you're heading over to Ankar's place? Oh, yeah. I'll okay. Darnum will try to make this a quick visit. You hurry over to Ankar's place, wasting little to no time. As you arrive there, and you knock on the door, there is no reply. Hmm. Around what time of the day would you say we arrived? Um, I would have to say this is this has to be some midday. Okay, so this be be unusual that I get no response, even if it's from someone else that's there, just to let me know he's not there. Just give it a few, give it a few more tries. And I don't notice anything trying to stop me from, you know, trespassing or anything like that, right? Nope. Uh, you're familiar with Ankar's built-in security systems. None of them seem to be active. Anything from the hidden orbs that he uses to technically spy on people from time to time that are newcomers. Right. Um, as well as anything involving the statues. Nothing. Doesn't seem active whatsoever. You wrap your knuckles against the door several times. And then finally there's a response. The door opens and it is the elder, elder, 
the elder. Wow, holy shit. The elderly Eldekin. <laughs> under, oh, no. I can see why. <laughs> yes, the elderly Eldekin that serves as um, <clears throat> Ankar's main, basically, butler. Hmm. Is yes, every... Master Donham. Is everything, all... is everything all right, sir? Uh, yes, everything is quite all right. Uh, how may I assist? Oh, please, come in, actually. Um, I hate to be so quick with you, but I m must be departing soon. Uh, a task for Angkor. Yes. I uh, just wanted to make a... I just going to just fill him in on what happened at the um, lower hold. Master Angkor is no longer here. He quickly departed after you and your party did, heading north back to the Kiosi nations. That's right, yes. I didn't... I don't know if it's equal parts. I didn't expect us to get back so soon or for him to leave as quickly as he has. But, um... As we both know, Master Inkar, waste not, want not. Understandable, understandable. We didn't exactly part on the best of terms last time, so... There's no reason that I imagine there'll be no reason for him to linger. But, um... If you'll allow, if you give me some time in the library, I can... I can just... I'll write a quick, a quick missive letting him know we'll be discovered. And there may be some things that possible that I can look into, if that if that's fine with you, of course. Oh, by by all means, you're a very well trusted uh, <clears throat> acquaintance of Master Ingra. So, while I must take care of my business, um, do make sure to lock the doors once you're done. Um, yes, and once I once I leave, I won't be returning until until. And car returns as well, so you won't have any reason to worry about anyone else trying to make their way inside. Oh, well, thank you, Master Donham. Please do take care of yourself, and should you be needing anything, more of the staff will be around to, well, fulfill whatever needs you desire. Thank you again, sir, and the best of luck to you in whatever your task is. Uh, well... Have you seen Master Astraos or Master Evan? Come to think of it, not since we departed to fly by night, no. Ah, I see. Well then, that makes my job just a little bit more taxing. Well, regardless, take care. Well, if you're in search of them, I would start I would say start at sort of the docks and start start there. Even if they're not even if they have aren't currently nearby, you can always stick with the captain. They may be able to uh he may be able to uh, point you in the right direction, at least. and Just let them know that Darnham pointed you in his direction. Oh, I thank you, Master Darnham. <clears throat> I'll be sure to start with the docks immediately. All right. Thank you. And I won't hold up any further. You're very welcome. Take care. And he departs, going off to find Astraos and or Evan. You have free reign of Ankar's study. What is it that you would like to do? Well, first things first, once I'm in the study, just pretty much very quickly describe what happened at the lower hold, filling, filling mm -hmm. in Ankar on this, the, the rogue, I guess what I'd like to do, the rogue AI that's that's taking command of, of the lower hold, the mm -hmm. various creatures that are inside, uh, uh, pretty much detailing what happened once we, once, we retrieved the, once we retrieved the orb, just letting him know that it's no longer a threat on that end from physics. Okay. And yeah, let me double check. Let me roll so we can see. If, if, yeah. yeah, okay. 
so yeah, no. And then I guess like a quick little aside of PS, just like a very quick apology for Dara's behavior the last time they spoke. Okay, not a problem. You scroll this down on what looks like. Uh, well, do you have your own personal like stationery, or uh, would you like to scroll it down on if you don't on Ankars? Because he does have just reams of paper all over the place that are blank. I would say I'll just use his because he okay. has so much of it. I might as well make sense. Yeah, and you are close friends, so he you obviously know he wouldn't mind. So, and then while I'm in the study, mm-hmm. I imagine it'd be a more of a Darn's gonna get up and walk, get just leave. But since I'm here, I can see if there's any information that maybe Ankar has any personal like personal notes or uh, accounts or tales of pre of the other champions that he's learned that over the past that that they that uh, Ankar may have associated with in the time of Calgrim, or at the very least signs or details of champions of that of, of similar champions that he can start following give me a investigation role to search the study um i need to go grab my notebook that has all my champion lore on it Ooh, neat. <laughs> i'll wait for you to come back to roll all right while he's walking away i am very afraid of this role equal parts i may just trash the place inadvertently because i roll like a natural one or something but who knows <laughs> Oh, what did you roll, good sir? My roll. Oh, hey, it's a fourteen on the roll plus investigation is six, so that'd be a dirty twenty. Ooh, okay. So you scour through um, Ankar's collection of books, and you find several books, basically historical texts, almost like an encyclopedia of sorts, on various different accounts of the last battle that was associated with Calgrim. You can quickly tell, based off of the way that the spine is, as well as the way that the book is actually put together, that this book was custom-ordered, meaning that Ankar went out of his way to procure, have this made and procured it himself. Okay. Um, now, there are a few books. Are you looking for more about the history of Calgrim, more about the history of the champions that fought him or more towards the weapons that were used in order to, I guess, bolster their strength and help give them a fighting chance against Calvin. I would say at this point, it's going to be veering more towards the actual champions themselves. Okay. Uh, and, to, and to remind me, DM, it's been a while, exactly yes. how many how many of, of, of our current group are actual champions? Because so, I feel like um, my, my count is it's, it's a three. Now, do you want inside baseball, or do you want um, uh, I, I'll what say Darnum would know? What Darnum would know, because I know, because I know Murthal was was pretty fort, was was forthcoming about it, yep. and Val and Valak was forthcoming, and then through Valak, I learned Oberon was. Valak had a desire to become a champion. He he is not a champion, as far as you know. Um, Oberon never became a champion, but did seek to become a Resh's champion. He had this obsession with Aresh. You know that Evan is a champion of Fontis. That was revealed very early. Let's see. You know, Ankar is still the champion of life for uh, Meshiver. There is technically, to your knowledge, no champion for Gracchus, no champion for Aeotis. There's no champion for uh, Iternayak, which you know Iternayak never takes a champion. There's no champion for Aresh. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Uh, Mirthal is Terakoa's champion. And... There's no champion for Vulcan. Oh, no, there is. Uh, Aiden is Vulcan's champion. 
So there's five current champions, but only three, well, technically only two, or anyone that that, that he's at that Thorn's actively traveled with. Yeah. So you know Ankar, you know Aiden, right? And you know Mirthal. Those three. Right. Yeah. And Evan. Yeah. Sorry, four. Four. There we go. Okay. So all right. So <clears throat> all right. So I know four. I know four. Mm-hmm. Two. Two travel with us. Two are associated with us, but haven't traveled. But haven't at to, at this point traveled because I because you know. Inside baseball, I know Aiden's traveled with the group previously in the in the in the Correct. Correct. But Darnum doesn't know that, so No. The okay. most the most experience you've had with Aiden, aside from like backstory with Ankar as well, because you know, they're close friend uh they're close friends as you were close friends with Ankar. And so right. if you're around Ankar and Aiden's around, you guys would have interacted with one another. Um <clears throat> uh Aiden was with you when you guys went to the Garden of Lyceum. He and Astraeus were establishing some sort of base front for you guys to have like a way out should things hit the fan. So for the for the four that remain, just I will say I can oh. focus my information on trying to like you say. So when you say that there are no current champions, that means there are no are none in the present day, or the ones that were their champions are just like just they are, just, they uh, are either they are either the ones who were champions are either dead. <clears throat> or no longer champions. Once you complete your task and you do your wish, you know you can choose to remain a champion if you'd like, um, for whatever reason it may be, or you can choose to live off your life as a god, or you can choose to whatever you know, as something as simple as Mar, for instance, was a champion of Aotus. His wish, um, this is inside baseball, but not a big deal. Mar's wish was to become a sky captain and travel the basically the skies of the various different realms. That's it. A very simple wish, and it was granted to him. I'll for the for the four that for the four that are, un, that are to his knowledge unclaimed. If there's any information I can find on what kinds of what kinds of people these champions of these champions of these different aspects were. Okay. Because Darnum's gonna Darnum's gonna have the theory, have a theory that just because the books don't have don't have them on name doesn't mean that champions haven't been chosen. It's a matter of they could be a champion for. A wretch, and we have no idea who that is. But it's better to find them, going based on this, on the like, you know, empirical evidence. Uh, these are the kinds of things we go, they go for. So, um, based off of the ones that you know of for sure, you know, one well, through searching, Iterneok, and it's even noted in Ankar's private notes, like in the margins of these books. Iterneok never. He's the aspect of time. And he's also one of the most reclusive and most like least spoken aspect. There's very little knowledge about him. The aspects are obscure with the common people as is. Iterneok is even more obscure. He never chooses a champion. And he was one of the most vocal individuals that thought that the idea of giving Calgrim a little bit of their powers was a bad idea. So he never partook in it. He bamped out and said, None of, I will not have any of this. This is lunacy and left um so he never takes a champion uh aotis um her the champion now are you looking for champions that were involved with um uh, what's his face uh calgrim the battle against calgrim or are you just looking for champions in general associated with aotis i would say it's, it's more towards gen- the champions in general if the ones that the, if the ones that were in the battle with calgrim are the first place i can start i'll start there but okay. generally speaking, just I'm looking for these common traits so I can start finding some of these people. Through your search, through searching the texts, there have been several conflicts with Calgrim. 
There was the first conflict with Calgrim during the early history of Idilla. This was pre-Grand Concomitants. So the first conflict wasn't the Grand Concomitants. That was actually the second conflict with Calgrim, and that is where Ankar comes in. One of the champions associated with Aeotis, who's the aspect of basically storms, the sky, and so forth, was the champion known as Pwn. All right. Then, if you're looking for more champions, there was Son Pur, who was the owner of the Devastator of Son. Uh, she was a champion as well that fought against Calgary. This pwn, this Son Pur. Okay. And then you have Aresh. Her champion during the second conflict with Calgrim was Brovar Ashhelm, which by the name alone, you know was a dwarf, meaning that she, she you can readily put her down as deceased because right. all dwarves are extinct. Ugh, that's like, no. right, so that one won't help me. Um, as for Pone and Sunpur, they did not, in his notes, there's no marking as to whether they're dead or alive. You know that Sunpur was an Eldican vampire, or vampire, I should say, and Pone was an Aetherian, uh, the beings that are made of pure creation energy, sentient creation energy, essentially. Mm. Where their known, last known locations are, it, well, their current locations, to say, is unknown, but their last, lo lo uh, last known locations, I can't talk today, um, for Sunpur, she was located in Zenosha, in the northern nation of Valru, in Zenosha. That is where Sonpur was last known to be. And then Pone was known to be in Zenosha as well, in the nation of Aethris. From what's written in the small margins, it is a very, it is a close-knit community of primarily um, Kiasi and Aetherians. And then, Ooh. and then you have question mark other races. Gotcha. Hmm. Okay, so that's going to be a bit of a long shot for... There is information about the champions, other champions as well. Do you have current, I mean, the other aspects that do have current champions. Uh, would you like that information as well? Yes. So in the historical text, you see that Ankar was referred to prior to, uh, I mean, sorry, uh, upon the second conflict with Calgrim, he was known as Ankar Peacemaker. Darn, I've learned that in Lorehold. And I that's right, because all the research I did, I learned way too much, way too fast. Because <laughs> the whole Ankar Peacemaker just slipped right in. And I, and I said, oh, that's a good thing to break up at some point. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't. Well, the reason he actually earned the name Siegebreaker following the events of the Triumvirate War, <clears throat> where the the three head heads of the Kiasi nations, um, which was one of them was Ankar, were basically on a war path. Something had happened and <laughs> basically brought war to uh, the mainland of, of Loria. Uh, something happened the, that outsiders did, and the Kiasi weren't going to take it sitting down. Started a war that almost literally wiped out Kingsport and a lot of the early settlements. However, something happened that's not recorded in history, and an Ankar had a change of heart, and he actually rallied his third of his troops and were able to actually defeat the other two-thirds of the Kiasi nation, but thus exiling him from the Kiasi nations properly. Yes. <clears throat> and he had earned the t title Siegebreaker because the city was under siege for several days. Vulcan's original champion was a individual by the name of Oln, spelled O-L-N, Drem, D-R-E-H-M. Then Fontus's original champion was Revalor Weisora, and Revalor is spelled R-E-V-A-L-O-R. Weisora is spelled W-A-E. S O R A. And do is there any indication as to where Oln or Revelar are currently located? So Revelar Waysora, the current location is unknown, but last known location was one of the other nine realms, and 
It's believed that Waysora is either in the realm of um, Guadru, which is where uh, uh, Trevor's from, or potentially or Sinan. Uh, Sinan is spelled S-C-I-N-A-N. Okay. And Ulm Dren, the last known location of Ulm Dren was Alataria. Alataria. Yeah. Current location unknown. Um, next is Memneth. Memneth is spelled M N E M N E T H. That was the original champion of Terracoa and the original owner of the Bane of the Realm Slayer, which is currently uh, Mirthal's Blade. Current uh, last known location was Zenosha. Current known location, Ormagodan. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And Brovar's dead. Yes. <laughs> She's you know what, that Brovar, she might be the one I can find. <laughs> or at least dead. the corpse. And, uh, <laughs> you see in the notes, it has like a last known location for Brovar, and that too is Zenosha in the uh, Nation of Hintime. And then afterwards it says current location, deceased. Okay, so this, t- this took a bit of a turn. Well, Darn's original plan is, once he, once he found some of the current champions who are still breathing... Mm-hmm. He could go. He go reach out. He go reach out or go track them down. But uh, considering how they are in different uh, realms, essentially, that does make things a bit more difficult. Don't forget, you do know of sky captains, and you know that there are two sky captains that do realm hop. True, but there, but I, I bleh. but there is a bit of a. T- I, I don't know. I don't know if it's still more a ticking clock, but we do know of Calvin's plan to try and slay the Eternal Dragon. That as well as try to resurrect his lieutenants, which you got, you have in your possession one of the ashes, so that'll put a hindrance. Because remember, he has to collect all three uh, urns for each one. Exactly. So, yeah. From the information I have, Zenosha seems to be a bit of a a nexus for a few of the champions. I feel like Darna might need to, might need to ponder. He's going to do some more research, see what he can find out about about Zenosha, as well as let me go here, Zenosha, as well as yeah, yeah, I feel like because. Yeah, I feel like since Zenosha is the, the the main one he's he's come across he's come across at the time. This might be the one he can he's gonna go for first. Okay, give me he's a gonna tr- give me an yeah. investigation roll to see exactly uh, what you find in his study pertaining to Zenosha. All right, so I'll take a picture of this because I don't want you to think I'm lying, but I got a natural twenty. All right, I no that's that's good. You don't have to take a picture. You're good. It, so it's twenty six total. Uh, natural twenty gets you some nice perks. So you find in his. <coughs> in his study, uh, a series of various different texts pertaining to the various nine realms of um, Zenosha. You also find a text, like a book, hidden behind a series of other books um, that if you're not looking carefully, you would just miss. And it has texts contain uh, certain histories of basically a Bevelo, which you know is obscure as is. It's almost like the Iternaeoc of the realms. Oh. Um but you do find a plethora of literature on, on Zenosha, as well as the other nine realms. I mean, the other eight realms, I should say. Uh, nine total. Um, including this one book that contains a, quite a fairly detailed account of um, a journey into a Bevelo. Like, compared to the other books, like, is this like a small, like a smaller book? Or just like, it's just a book that's been kind of put out, put out the way? The Bevelo book looks very ornate. And it looks like it's, out of all the books, it's kept the best, if that makes sense. Like, someone actually takes time to make sure the spine isn't 
creased, make sure that the pages are not unkempt, that it's actually dusted properly. And so yeah, Darn's gonna take the, the that book as well as the book with the other realms, and he's gonna he'll 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 make sure he focuses. He's gonna look into Zenosha first, but he is definitely gonna take the time to read that book on a bevel of, considering okay. how peculiar that it's so it was so well hidden away and so well maintained. Okay, so let's start with Zenosha. Uh, Zenosha is one of the nine realms. It is. It has nine different nations. So you have Hintime, uh, Verdania, Verdania. Sorry, you have Valru, which you already knew about. You have Bretos, Aethris, which you knew about. Ura, Nasin, Suladar, which you know that's where Evans from, and Innsgrad. Mm -hmm. The capital city of Valru is a place known as Glenzenjuel, which in the uh, the Kiasi tongue sim sim ah, simply translates to shining jewel. Um, there is Centris, which is a conflict-free zone. It's basically like a DMZ of sorts. It's where all the nations can get together with their delegates to discuss what's going on, establish trade routes, um, bring up problems that they have with other nations, like if someone's uh, troops are encroaching on their borders, things like things like that, or request aid. Then you have Innsgrad, which is a uh, a nation that is ruled by an aristocracy of vampires. The capital city is Marakov. Then you have Suladar, which their capital city is Dreskil. Suladar is a nation primarily composed of Eldekin and humans. There are other races there, such as uh, Scalebounds, but not in a, as a high-dense population as the Eldekin and humans. Um, let me back up, actually. Uh, let me see. Valru contains Scalebounds, Stoneborn, Aetherians, and Kiasi. Those okay. are the primary races that live in Valru. Going to Innsgrad, it is humans, Kiasi, and Vampyr. Uh, Hintheim, their capital city is Kangrum. It was noted that Hintheim was the capital seat of the Dwarvish nations until the dwarves went extinct. And that Hintheim is now occupied primarily by humans, which are descendants of dwarves and Eldekin as well as Stoneborn. I'll put a note on that one. Not, not for anything. It's like, oh, that's a cool place. To, uh, like, a, like something you might want to, I might want to go visit in the future. Uh, Aethris, which is where you know uh, potentially maybe Pwn could be there. Uh, their capital city is known as Resh, spelled C apostrophe R-E-S-H. The nation is occupied primarily by Aetherians, Scalebounds, and Kiasi. And you see where it says Scalebounds? There's like a question mark next to it. Hmm, curious, but all right, I'll take, make a note of that as well. Then you have Ura, and their capital city is Asian, which is spelled A-C-E-A-N, and the primary races that exist there are Eldekin, Humans, and Demakir. Now, has... Hmm, that's a... Is, is Zara familiar with that with that last one? Um, you've, you've seen them here and there, but they're not in... Uh, abundantly populous race within Loria. Um, they're more common in other realms. Okay. If you've seen them, they're often almost kind of treated as a spectacle because it's like, oh my god, we've heard stories about your people, but never actually seen them before. Gotcha. Um, let me see where I leave off. Uh, Bretos, the city of Ghislaine is the capital city of Bretos. And their races that occupy that are pretty much, uh, it's every race, pretty much. It's um, Aetherian, Humans, Eldekin, Scalebound, Stoneborn, Vampyr, Empyreans, and Demakir. Okay. And the reason why is because Centris is located at the heart of Bretos, 
So it just makes sense that the place where all the race, the delegates of the races gather, that their people would also gather and flock there as well. Uh, it's a very mercantile place, um, especially Ghislaine. Um, mm-hmm. The central city of Ghislaine is pretty much like the largest market in in Zenosha that contains pretty much like everything. There are other special specialty markets like in Valru that can rival it, but they don't contain everything that would be found within uh, Ghislaine. Then you have Verdania. Their capital city is Anvil, and the two primary races that occupy are Demakir and humans. And then last but not least, you have Nassin, which their capital city is Guildmar, and the races that occupy there are Eldekin and Demakir. So Darim is gonna take the take the book on on those realms and he's gonna just put it in his pack. Just, okay. Yeah, he's yeah, this is gonna this is this could be a big this could be a big help for me at like in my travel. Not just going to not just going to Nelsha, but I imagine should should something turn up where I might need to go elsewhere, <laughs> you know, this could be a help. It's good to have a lay of the land, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And as in Darim's gonna wanna is gonna just wanna try to well, he's gonna wanna leave, but he's still got the book for a bevelo and just gonna just like curiosity, get the better of him. Just start going through that book as well. What would catch your eye the most? I would say, if anything, the ruinous powers themselves. Considering how they've encountered the King and Crimson for, but I would say in, like, even though in like episode time it was to go, it was it was a, it was an in depth encounter. But I would imagine in real time, as it happened, maybe like like a minute or two, at most, considering how much chaos was caused by the appearance of one. The Runas powers, they're listed in the book. Um, as you know, saying their name is the only way to summon them. Writing them, it doesn't do anything, which is why Ankar even wrote down the name, which eventually led to the fateful um, moment where Valak decided to say the name, even though he was warned multiple times not to. So the the patriarch of all of these, not I can't say patriarch, but the the what can be consumed as the de facto leader is Memnimbato, the king in crimson, as he's called safely. Uh, the King in Crimson, and you see there's actually like a illustration following it of this figure that looks from very familiar to you, this almost this figure just draped in red, ever-flowing like tapestry. And you see in the illustration there are two individuals beside him. One individual that looks like Zizix, and to his left, the other individual who looks like the Breaker. And you see underneath the illustration, you see what it says underneath each of the individuals. It shows underneath the King in Crimson, you see Memnembato hyphen King in Crimson. Underneath, who's the breaker, you see the name Aster spelled A-S-T-R. Um, and then beneath Zizix, you see Zizix. And I am ready. Okay. Uh, you, do you turn over to the next page? Yes. Okay, so it's like one whole page for each of these gotcha. Yep. Uh, You see what is the next being referred to as Gut Get Good, known as the Great Dead Dreamer. And this being looks like this strange, misshapen... uh, The best way I could... It's supposed to be ineffable to description, so it's kind of hard to describe something that's ineffable. It's something that should not be, but is. And for all intents and purposes, you can referred to as some sort of titanous corpse of some kind. And that's what the illustration shows. Something that even rivals the size of an eternal dragon easily. Do you move on to the next page? Yes. The next individual known is Sabat Og, 
is the also known as the lurking pontiff. The illustration associated with this, it looks like this silhouetted individual with that's also very misshapen, standing what looks like in front of a congregation of these emaciated humanoid individuals. And they're all bowing down as though they were revering him as some sort of deific figure or potentially maybe some sort of king of some kind. Honestly, as Darn is going through these pages, he's looking more and more distressed in this turn, but it's like it's like a car accident. He can't not stop looking. looking. <laughs> and hey, honey, look, his ribcage is in the glove box. Ooh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me know when you want me to go on. <laughs> he's practically a blah punk. <laughs> let me know when you want me to continue. All right, I'm, I'm ready for the next one. All right, the next one is known as Thotalo, the horror of a Bevelo, and you see a very similar looking creature to what you saw in the lore hold, only this creature is massive. It shows two illustrations. It shows this thing chasing after something, and then the next half of the illustration is it catching up to it and slowly devouring it. And its mouth looks like a series of arms pushing, pulling this thing inside, or pulling this victim inside <laughs> its mouth. You don't even get to see teeth. You just see these arms that just kind of like almost extrude out, kind of like the um, the little uh, secondary jaws of the, the alien. Um, and just pull whatever this victim is inside its maw. Oh, that's... I'm getting... I'm, I'm getting the ritual vibes all of a sudden. <laughs> um, I haven't seen that movie in a while. <laughs> Uh, this is, is apropos of nothing. I'm so glad to get what I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Netflix, right? The Netflix yeah. Movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the friend dies, and they're all going away for, like, a guy's night out or, or a guy's retreat. Right, and it, it's the weird de- it's the weird deer elk thing. Yeah. Um, Wasn't it, like, a Jotun, right? Exactly. Yeah, That's it was what they a, called it? Yeah, because it's supposed to be, I forget, was it the son of Loki or the daughter of Loki? But that's what it is. Uh, Jotun, Jotun means giant, so... It was just some, they just referred to it as Jotun. It was weird. I'm like, really? You, you went with that as its name? Like, you could have done something else. Yeah. Uh, but let me know if you're ready. It's only um, going to get worse. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Don't worry, Vashon, like, Vashon, the player, is highly interested, while Darnum and also Vashon, the player, are equally disturbed. <laughs> the next individual, the next ruinous power is known as Puturu. Um, this one has two secondary names. Um, the Ethereum Devour or the Ravenous One. And all you see is what looks like um, essentially like the whole of a Sarlacc pit, but a lot larger. We're talking probably the size of Kingsport. It just shows rows and rows and rows and rows of uh, jagged teeth going down this uh, misshapen jagged teeth with no actual pattern to them going down this conical like descent until no longer light can even reach what could be the bottom. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And in the illustration, it looks like something is being bound and tied and about to be thrown off the ledge into the mall. The next one is one that you know, too. It was the one that was there uh, with the King in Crimson. This is Nyalotho, the Shadow of the South. And all you see of this illustration is what looks like a silhouette of a of what could be some sort of humanoid with pure white eyes with, like, wispy smoke comprising the body. The next being is known as Sithis. Um, I'll send you the spelling for all these later. Um, they are very obnoxious, so they don't they 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 don't sound like they look. Well, of course, uh, it's also it's also ruinous in English language as well. I understand. Gotcha. Yes, <laughs> uh, Sithis, also known also another one with two names, Lord of the Black Lake 
or Leviathan of the Deep. This individual, this creature looks like um, a slug with ver with hundreds of different eye stalks at with no discernible pattern placement. Metal spikes that look like they have something dripping off of them on its spine, and then its mouth is this just row of uh, circular row of jagged teeth that just keep going in deeper and deeper and deeper until you can no longer see. This one is, this name is unpronounceable and I, I made it on purpose. So I'll send you the, the actual spelling and we'll, when we're done. The unpronounceable one is referred to as the profaned wisdom or keeper of secrets. The illustration looks like a multi-handed in tall, multi-handed individual, kind of like what you saw like in size with the keepers when you went to the Garden of Lyceum when the keepers were the eight keepers that remain and were rescued after the failed campaign into the garden of Lyceum. But this one has multiple arms and one of the arms is holding what a close to its chest looks like some sort of tome of some kind. And one of the other arms are holding up two fingers to what you can presume could it be its mouth, but it's overshadowed by this long hood and creepy and it has multiple arms. So the next one is Grawl spell. Oh, well, I'll send you this. Uh, also known as the dead one. This one looks like it, it doesn't have an illustration of Grawl itself. It looks like what looks like a, a, a burial mound. And all around this burial mound, which is about the size of, I would say, a mountain. Are just a series of uh, little hovels and shacks. And outside those hovels and shacks look like beings similar to what you saw in um the lore hold oh like yes. not the not the bat creatures because that's the um... no the uh the weird misshapen dog looking things Ugh. yes mm. it's, it's getting to the point where darm is kind of hoping it's, it's it's over but he's still he's still he's still going you still have you still have three more pages <laughs> For just the just for the ruinous powers, this isn't a bevelo or the races or species that live in a bevelo either, right. which I might have to bring up my other laptop should you go to that chapter. So, <laughs> um, it's, it's it's basically just uh, Ethan Hawke and Sinister just watching those watching those home movies like oh I can't keep doing this, but he still does it anyway. <laughs> exactly. If anything, Darn's gonna like try and grab a glass of something uh, some uh, some drink. If, if it's if it's in the study, he's gonna just start drinking it. Oh yeah, you you know you know where the bar globe is. You have access to it. There's no there's no question about it. You've shared drinks with um uh Ankar in the past, so it starts with the glass. He's gonna move on to just drink from the snifter itself. Just <laughs> yeah, the little decanter. <laughs> yeah, I'll say by the time he gets this, by the time he gets, he gets to sip this, he's like, you know what? The, I, I'm not gonna keep pouring in the glass. I'm just gonna drink out just drink out the bottle. <laughs> That's great. Okay. This is very, I love it. I'm glad I was able to inspire this type of Lovecraftian type of response. Um, because, uh, that, was, that was my main again, goal. <laughs> again, not, not just for you, Mike, but for the audience as well. This is always, hey, this is a guy who found out, oh, hey, not only not only are these uh, are the nightmares that you heard as a child are real, they're also active active people in places you can visit right now. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> they exist. They really exist. And imagine you would be ignorant to this if you never joined this party. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, <laughs> Darnum's like, I need to rethink my life choices now. <laughs> I will tell you this. One of your party members is currently in a bevelo for their interlude. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm not going to say who, but someone. Whoever it is um, needs to find a way, their own way out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you, if you <laughs> you're, on your own, you're on your own brother and or sister. <laughs> Um, so let me know when you're ready for the next one. I'm ready for the next one. Okay. 
I'm assuming Darnum pours himself, but just takes like another hit. Yep. So the next one is known as Dezathus, and the title is That Which Should Not Be. And what it looks like is this giant, or I say colossal, floating, worm-like entity with eyes infused into its actual body uh, with strange, weird fungal growths growing out of its, uh, like, tailing down its long, worm-like physique with strange, almost like um, misshapen anglerfish-like teeth all around in like a very circular pat uh in a circular non uh determinate pattern with as well as tendrils coming from the sides like little feelers almost like um the antennae of like silverfish and all along the side beneath the feelers look like at least from what you can see on this illustration because it only shows like kind of like like at an angle like one good side thousands maybe even hundreds of thousands of hands, actual hands. I asked for this, so I can't, I can't, I can't say anything. <laughs> I have to say the next two are actually quite tame. Um, One does look then... like Billy Bob Thornton, the other <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, how did you know? Anyway, uh, the next one is referred to as Vitolash, also known as the Frozen Flame. And this is probably the most tame looking one. It looks like literally uh, what looks like almost like this like desert-like setting. And there's like a series of sconces around this circular pillar of what looks like a flame that's static, even though an illustration can't actually show a flame that's moving, but it's just like a static flame, like right in the middle. And that's it. That that's 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 Vito Lush, also known as the Frozen Flame. Oh, no one wasn't so bad. Let's just turn the page to this last one. And- uh, the last one is, I guess you could say the either the concubine or the. I guess, or maybe the second pairing of the Great Devourer or the Aetherium Devourer. Uh, this one is Milona, the feeder. And where it was showing something uh, being led to the Maw, the illustration continues that other illustration at the end. And it is Milona, which is this individual in this strange red and white robe with what looks like almost like a, um, I don't know what it's called. Uh, what's the, 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 thing that, the, the thing that nuns wear? The habit? Wait, is that what it's called? Yes, I have it. Okay. Uh, you see that in red and white in pattern, in a strange, like, zebra-stripe-like pattern, concealing the face as it's pushing whatever this creature is into the mall. Just uh, something to fuel my nightmares for years to come. And that, good sir, is the are the ruinous powers. There is one more page, and all it says on the page is Shepherd of Alberon. There's no name. And there's no illustration, just says Shepherd of Alberon, and that's that. Like Darn's gonna just kind of feel on that, on what on the seemingly empty page. Does it feel like there's like maybe there's like some writing that's been removed on it, or it maybe there was like, no writing on the page other than the the name? Hmm, it's curious. Like Darn's gonna just kind of hesitate for a moment and just kind of slowly close the book. <laughs> I feel like he's gotten he's gotten enough information <laughs> at the moment. He's going to close it, and then rather than put it back where he found it, he's also going to just add it to the pack. So you have a series of books on basically almost like an encyclopedia on the Nine Realms plus a Bevelo. Just kind of take him out to try, try and take a moment to read, just like try and compose himself. Give me a wisdom saving throw. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is what I was afraid of. <laughs> it's like, man, I'm getting off light. I read through, I read through this whole chapter and nothing happened. Oh, me? I completely blanked out. Because <laughs> you rolled a natural 20. I wasn't expecting that, obviously. So. 
<laughs> All right, wisdom saving throw. Oh, is this a is this a magical effect or something? No, I'm I gotta be holding the holy adventure. It's Damn not, it, no. It's not a magical effect. All right, so that's gonna be eight. Four plus four. That's not too bad. You take seventeen points of sanity damage. Uh, uh. which it's about a fifth of your sanity health essentially you have 100 as your sanity health um sanity can after taking a long rest if your sanity damage isn't like above a certain threshold you get all of it back though like drinking heavily which is what i'm gonna no, uh that is a way to to reduce sanity damage not a healthy thing to do but yes i'm going for a very lovecraftian motif with the sanity stuff so <laughs> all right let me make another that because i'm down to 83 points of sanity right remembering what i was asked Make sure I mm -hmm. lock the door behind me so that no, yeah. and I'm going to make my way back to the fly-by-night. Okay, you make your way back to the fly-by-night. Uh, it is clearly nighttime right now. You return to where the fly-by-night should be, but it's gone. The heavy torrent is still moored at in the skyport, which you do know the captain as well. That was the first, well, not the first, but technically the first sky captain you met as a player, right. which is Mar. You know, this might be a blessing in disguise. I'll make my way to the heavy torrent. You head to the heavy terrain and it's gone to. Oh, I'm just kidding. Um, no, you God, the... <laughs> I just saw you here. Bye. <laughs> you get to the heavy terrain, and <clears throat> they're loading up uh, what looks like a series of supplies, uh, various different crates, barrels, um, strange metal containers, and standing watching over is Mar. He's checking off as every box goes by, making sure. Okay, so that's that. That contains that, according to this. You know, the the he's going back and forth between the manifest. Uh, good evening, Captain. Oh, darn him! <laughs> Welcome. Good to see you. Uh, hold on, w one moment, please. Um, here. Uh, would you mind taking care of this? Uh, yeah. Uh, I marked off most of it. Just do a you know preliminary check, and then you know we'll be ready to go. Uh, hey, uh, how are you? I'm, I've been better to be quite honest, but, uh, did you do anything to hide the set? Like, how much did you drink? Uh, how much could I have gotten down at before I finished that book? <laughs> <laughs> you could have finished the whole bottle, technically speaking. So, so I'll just say, just, just to be fair, I finished the whole bottle. <laughs> um, give me a constitution saving throw, but it's not going to be a very high DC. You can handle your liquor, so. All right, that's going to be 12. You're buzzed, but you're not drunk, if that makes sense. So All right. you, you, you're feeling good. It's enough to numb and restore uh, five points of sanity. Woohoo! I'll take it. Uh, hitting the bottle early, I see. Um, well, just uh, got some bit of unsettling information, but about how much do you? You know, it's been quite a while since we actually some actually got the chance to speak to you. But um, do you mind if we? Is there somewhere we can speak quietly, or? Oh, we can well, maybe not privately. Just yeah, perfect. He leads you into his quarters. Uh, you wanted <laughs> to speak in private. Everything okay? Yes. Um, how about how much do you know of what's been transpiring lately? Uh, I know you boys inadvertently uh, freed Calgrim. I uh, heard it was that, that Oberon fella that you guys were traveling with, the, the big blue guy who, who died and then came back somehow. Of course, yes, yes. Uh, that, part, that part is common knowledge. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, then we went to, um, uh, what's his name's wedding? Uh, Hrimnir. Then we went to Hrimnir's wedding. Bumped it to some unsavory people with Calgrim that are, that are working for Mirth, and uh, that's about it. I heard there was a werewolf attack in the city, but I don't know how much of that's true. Uh, you shouldn't believe every, everything you, you hear. Yeah, you see, I'm just kind of stammer a bit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> don't, you don't believe everything you hear, but um, I'm here because I, uh, 
part of what I was doing before I returned originally was trying to find more information on those who dealt with Calgum and champions who champions of the aspects who could assist and and your name came up. Well, I never had any dealings with Calgrim, but I uh, I certainly was a champion at one time. Now, trying not to not to put trying to put too much on you, but I just kind of want to find out where we can find more because I because I there's there's a handful of that I that I've met already, but there's got to be more out there. And this is just, if there's ever been a more a, a, an all hands on deck kind of situation, I feel like this is it. Uh, well, I mean. For me, I was pretty much a part of my own graduating class. There was no uh, no one that I knew of, at, at least, that was a champion at the time. We, I was kind of segregated from the, uh, if there were any. I, I mean, I, I heard rumblings of some champions in Zenosha and some pseudo-not-champions in Zenosha. And that's also another thing I needed as well, because there are two that are, their last known whereabouts are within Zenosha. And there's Sun Purr, there's, there's Pwn. I've heard of Sun her, I think. Um, uh, Eldekin, if I'm not mistaken. Um, vampire lady. Right. She, uh, I, I did hear talk about uh, a son per uh, around Innsgrad in Zenosha. Happens to be a big vampire haven. From what I found, that they that they might also actually be in Valtro. At least that's the last place anyone who's like Val Val Valru. Oh, Valru. Um, I'm sorry. Valru, I mean, I, I was that current location. Well, last known, Darn's would have tried very quickly just recall on his head if he saw a date the, next to that. There was no date. <laughs> so it's gonna be that drunken thing where it's something you should know off the top of your head, but mm -hmm. like whatever, but like the yeah, it's like if the information's buffering in your brain. Like, uh... I mean, Valru, I, I suppose it's a it's a northern nation, you know. Kind of has a thirty days a night type of situation going on where there are times where the sun doesn't even show, and for a vamp vampire, that's not a bad place to go. I mean, that could be possibility. Uh, the other one you said, Pone. Um, do you know what race they are? Uh, it's Aetherian, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Well, if it's Aetherian, then you got and and are they in Zenosha as well or somewhere else? Uh, yes. Uh, well, last we know, they're in in Aethris. Aethris, that makes sense. Again, Aethris is a Predominantly Kiasi slash Aetherian uh, nation. If some, if a particular sky captain were willing, I'd be more than happy to uh, procure, attempt to procure your services to drop me off in Zenosha amidst your travels elsewhere, if need be. Uh, for you, Dardum, anything. Uh, it's going to just be a couple hours. You know, we'll bound over there and then bound back. How, how long do you plan on staying? Considering we're considering that it might be traveling to three different locations it might be a minute you know by the time we get there let me know and i'll see if i can maybe we can set up a rendezvous point so that's why you don't have to worry about finding a sky captain to get you back here just trying to figure out a way to try and get this all to work uh, it's yep no, no no never mind never mind we've got some rooms available we don't have any passengers on this flight if anything if need be if anyone has needed any medical attention don't hesitate to send them my way absolutely darn them i'll make sure to send someone who pisses me off I know how you get. Okay, fair enough. You, I'll let you get back to work. And he just kind of stumble his way out. Help yourself to the bar. Help yourself to any food that's there. It, it probably takes about another hour for him to load up the uh, the rest of the cargo. Is there anything you'd like to do at that time? Or I just go just... grab grab something to eat, see if you can still got some of his alcohol. But uh, okay, 
you you can find some food. Um, it's not the best food on the planet, but it it'll suffice. Um, <clears throat> certainly not airplane food. And there's some drinks available as well. You, you can knock off another five points of sanity damage if you'd like. Woohoo! I'm almost back to normal. So you manage to find yourself some food, some nourishment. <clears throat> there's some drinks available should you wish to partake. And then about after an hour, Mar comes back. Uh, if you want, your room's down the hall. Take your pick of the litter. Help yourself to one of the sweets. Indeed I shall. And I'll run, I'll just, and Darn will just kind of quickly walk his way towards like the nicest of sweets. So you head into the one of the nicest suites. You can clearly tell that as you're going, the way you can tell that it, it's a suite is that the actual door looks, the doors look different. You can tell what is like the commoner doors, middle class, and then what is, which is reserved for luxury. Doors unlocked, you open it, and it is absolutely decadent. On the table looks like a plate of fresh fruits and charcuterie, all nicely presented with a variety of different cheeses, aged meats, uh, aged dried meats, uh, as well as some fruits like grapes. Um, your choice of seeded or not seeded, if you want. Darn's gonna, yeah, Darn's gonna be, he'll, he'll take a chance. He might go seeded. Who knows? <laughs> and the ship you jostles a little bit, which you're you're used to, and then poof, goes out. There's about a two hour time difference. You know what? If I got a couple hours, yeah, Darn's gonna pull out the book of Unfellow again. Okay, what are you looking at? You looked at the ruinous powers. There's still species of a bevelo, as well as um, which I might need to pull up my laptop if that's. Or you also have like the variety of different like uh, landmarks. I think he'll go with the landmarks of a bevelo. Okay, as you pull up the the chapter that covers landmarks, you see what looks like a map. Um, the map is literally just an outline of what looks like the landmass of a bevelo with no actual distinct markings on it. And in the the margins, you see written in Ankar's handwriting that the reason for this is simply because as soon as he would record something, it would never be in the same spot it was before. And it only happened when he recorded something. So, yeah, this judging by this, he's going to be place that Ankar has also been to a bevelo. Yep, it's safe to assume that Ankar has been to a bevelo. That'll be a conversation to have at some point. But let's go. Let's read some of these names. Well, let's, let's see. Go through as much of the names as he can in two hours. Okay. Um. One is referred to. One's a familiar name. It says Alberon. Hmm. Like the shepherd. It is listed as a town, and there is simply a word written next to it with a question mark that says "breaker." There could be some things to infer on that one. The next one is referred to as the Obsidian Farms. Next is Agonia, which he describes in the book as... Some of these have illustrations, some of them don't. Some just have, like, small descriptors. It's described as a archipelago. And what you see is a drawing of one of the species that you had encountered in the Lorehold. It is the strange-looking slug-like thing that had, like... Remember the stairwell that had the long strands of silk? Right. That that oh. thing, yeah, could be found on that island. You have one thing just referred to as solitude. It's a, it looks like what looks like an open field, like a, like a plains. And there's like a singular person. It looks like there's like a, almost like, almost like some sort of divide between this person and what looks like a series of other people on the other side of that divide. You see one spot referred to as the court of the king in crimson. Mm -hmm. And it's basically what it looks like is similar to that illustration that you saw in the book with, um, Zizix 
Aster and the King in Crimson. Then you have another thing referred to as simply the Maw. And it states that this is where this Maw is uh, Paturu, which you know as the Aetherium Devourer or the Ravenous One. And that he is tended to by his betrothed concubine, his significant other essentially, uh, known as Milona the Feeder, which you already knew from your re previous reading. But now you have right. it confirmed. And that this is actually a location. And it looks just like this deep... Uh, fathomless pit. Then you have a, another place known as Kardash, spelled K-A-R-D-A-S-H. Kardash is a city, a very populous city, filled with a variety of different races. And at the heart of Kardash is a very tall, naturally or naturally in quotes, made spire and sit that's um, inhabited by the night gaunts, which were those winged creatures that you had encountered. And sitting atop the spire is Nia Lotho, almost as if he were watching over all of Loria. It's one of the highest points, not Loria, sorry, uh, Abevelo. It's one of the highest points in Abevelo, only rivaled by the court of the King in Crimson. There are two more locations in this book. The next one is referred to as the Black Lake. You can safely assume that this is where Sithis resides and that the Black Lake was once actually green in color until Sithis chose it to be his domain. And whatever Sithis has done to it, just by being in the waters, has turned the waters black. In like a small note, it you just see in Ankar's writing, as blunt as possible, it just says dangerous. Considering where, where, where he's talking, he was like, no, this place is dangerous. And in the last one, it's referred to as the uh, Forge of the Frozen Flame. And it's the similar illustration of Vidolash in the book, However, the sconces, the, the flame has a series of other flames surrounding it in the sconces, which are now lit. And each sconce, uh, each of the flames has what looks like two eyes. And in the center of the flame, you see a strange orb-like item. Hmm. And that is what's written as key points or landmarks in the book Herbevelo. There are other names there, but they aren't as emphasized. It's more like they're just listed off. All right. Um, you still have a little bit more time before you arrive you know, over for the two-hour trip. Anything else you'd like to do? More reading on Abevelo or Zenosha, uh, the other realms? I feel like since I feel like since I was so focused primarily on, like, even though I got the information on most of Zenosha, looking more into, like, Innisgrad, like, Innisgrad? Innisgrad. Innisgrad, there we go. Yeah. Innisgrad, to make sure. On the off chance, I feel like I need to double-check one more time. On the off chance that, oh, no, sounds like turns out Sun Fur is there now anything I might need to know about Innsgrad that I wasn't paying attention to before. Um, so you look through the book and you find that Innsgrad is a, like I said, it's ruled by an aristocracy of vampires or vampire as they've come to known, be known now because um, what happened was a long time ago, uh, two, tr uh, two champions, or not champions, but two heroes basically had freed, the Runus powers were in prison, sort of. Um, they had chosen to be imprisoned uh, because it was a sort of like a loophole for them to be able to uh, interact with the Nine Realms passively through the items that they that they were, quote, trapped in without having to be summoned. So they purposely chose to imprison themselves in these items in the Nine Realms so that they could cause some malice and some problems in, you know, places like Zenosha, Loria, Alataria, things like that. However, one day the... Uh, one of the heroes, a individual by the name of Zell, would inadvertently free 
Nihilotho from his prison really? by breaking the sword that contained Nihilotho in it. Nihilotho then began to go on a quest to <clears throat> retrieve his uh, other ruinous powers. And so what happened was he tricked the heroes into essentially killing the progenitor of the vampires, thus severing every single vampire from their vampiric abilities until one of those heroes would eventually become the new progenitor of vampires. And they threw away the moniker of vampire and became vampire instead. Um, that person went on to found Innsgrad and the capital city of Marakov, where he, along with um, individuals of the uh, Order of the Ceaseless Dawn, and they help people who would otherwise be persecuted and judged and maybe even executed in their hometowns and help bring them to Innsgrad so that they can maybe hopefully find a new beginning. Um, and it's an arrangement that they have with various different families of vampiric aristocracy. Uh, Innsgrad's population is primarily human and Kiasi. The main reason why Kiasi go there so easily is because Kiasi blood is toxic to vampire. They know that they will not be drained at, in the middle of the night. And you can safely assume that while the humans are free to do what they want, they're kind of almost treated as like cattle in a sense because every so often, uh, certain vampiric aristocracy uh, take blood tithes and they they don't drain them, but they do like, you know, a mandatory blood donation, essentially. Uh, okay. And that's what you learned about Innsgrad, and that it was given to this individual for, uh, eventually because what happened was uh, there was a great war that occurred in Zenosha, <clears throat> and the individual who would eventually become the, pro the new progenitor of the vampires would help in fighting this war, and thus he was bequeathed um, this, this, basically this massive amount of land that was being unoccupied. And the capital of Innsgrad is Marakov, as you know. Okay, so I'll have to be careful I end up going there. Yeah, this wasn't as terrifying this time around. All right. No, it's, it's compared, to what, <laughs> compared to what you read before, no, this is like a cakewalk. <laughs> the ship bounds to Zenosha. Um, you didn't specify where to the captain, so Mar actually knocks on your door. Uh, Darnum, you uh, decent? Surprisingly so, yes. Mind if I come in? Certainly. Just out of curiosity, is there some place you want to hit up first? Well, I figured... I can start. I can start. I can start in Valru, and if worst comes to worst, and I can't find Sunfer there, I can make my way make my way to Innsgrad and hope for the best. All right, we'll drop you off at Valru. Uh, any idea how long you're going to be in um, in Zenosha for? Maybe a couple of days, hopefully. You know what? Worst comes to worst, even if even if meet Sunfer there, I can get them to tag along, and maybe things in Innsgrad be a bit more smooth, go a bit more smoothly if, if they would have as if they would have equipped on my own. All right, so we'll meet you in a couple days in Innsgrad. We'll drop you off in Valru right now. I'll be ready to depart whenever you whenever you're ready. I'll lend you some of my winter clothes. Uh, it's it's gonna be a little bit of a cold uh, cold weather when we get there. Oh, I see. I mean, don't don't forget to take care of yourself. I I do have my own. Uh, but you know what? I'll accept. I'll accept. I'll accept the accept the cold the, the cold clothing wear stuff. <laughs> All right. And he closes the door and he goes off. It's going to be about another hour before you get to Valru. Uh, anything you'd like to do in that hour? Just uh, make going around the ship, just kind of just do a pace back and forth. Just uh, getting a bit anxious now. Okay. So you pace the ship back and forth. Mar comes back, <clears throat> and he comes back with what looks like a giant, almost like fur-lined, like parka-type coat. And he hands it to you. Yeah, this is one of our old uh, our old bouncer. He, he was about your size. Um, haven't seen him in a while, so... 
I don't, I don't think you'll be missing this. Yeah, trust me. And as you as you get closer to Valru, the air gets colder. It's a little bit more dense, and frost starts to actually accumulate on the railing of the deck. And as you are heading towards the capital city, you are greeted what looks like a massive, we're talking not quite the size of Kingsport, but probably about two-thirds of its size, built into this large mountain. From where you are, you can see the hustle and bustle. You see other skyships making port. You see other ships actually leaving. Uh, you see in the distance what looks like uh, potentially maybe some sort of foundry or maybe some sort of mining operation. You see plumes of smoke rising up from out of the earth. Welcome to Glanzen Jewel, says Mar. Appreciate it again, Captain. Hopefully things go pretty smoothly. I hope for your sake they do too. Uh, and good luck finding a champion or two. Like I said, we'll meet you in Innsgrad in a few days. Thank you. And then I'll decide I'll make my I'll depart as quickly as possible, or as dramatically as possible. The ship, not necessarily parks, but flies parallel to what is this city skyport. They pull over the gangplank. You walk across it, and then you begin to descend to the city proper. So you now are in Zenosha in the city of Valru. I'm not the city of Valru, the nation of Valru within the city of Glanzenjuel. What would you like to do, Mr. Darnum? You're in a different realm. Ah, you it's got to get a lay of the land. So first things first, I'll need to find a tavern. Okay, that's easy enough. What are you looking for in a tavern? Are you looking for like high class or are you looking for the blue collar working uh working bar what's what type of tavern are you looking for because there are plenty here my darn like this whole the whole high class thing is even though he's associated with anchor and things like those he's been more blue collar than anything else other he's like the blue collar guy who happens to the one rich guy and that's it so you find something referred to as you find a blue collar bar referred to as the iron griffin and it looks like what it looks like is a caricature on the sign is a caricature of a typical griffin, the eagle head with the lion's body and the wings. And but only this one looks like it's made of like it's painted gray. And you can see like caricatures of nuts and bolts on it, almost like Frankenstein style. And on top, it says the iron and then the bottom completing the circle griffin. It's going to walk inside and just get a get a feel for the place. See, like. Like the thing, what like you know that you know when you walk into a bar, just what whatever hits you as you walk in is like the sound, the people, booze. As you enter the Iron Griffin, you are immediately hit with the smell of fried food, like we're oh, talking right. pub food. You're greeted with the typical pub foray. There's music going on in the background. It's a strange music you haven't heard, and you see they look like the people playing. They they look human. But their clothes look weird to you. Uh, one of them's wearing denim with what looks like a uh, tank top. And on the shirt, it says Wrathchild on it. And the singers just sounds like a siren of some kind. Right before they start singing, there's uh, going into the main chorus of the song. The population that resides here is primarily in the tavern. You see Kiasi and uh, Scalebound in here with a few Stoneborn peppered in. So I feel like I, I walked in here... I, like I may have stu- is it more like I stumbled into a into a punk bar and I'm dressed like a guy from like the 1930s? <laughs> yeah, almost. But they, they 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 there's a moment where they all look at you. They shrug their shoulders and go back to eating their meal. And the show continues. Some of them are enjoying the show, but they, huh. they don't seem to pay much mind to you. It's time to uh 
do a little bit of uh, investigating, but I hit up this uh, hit up the bar and just speak to the bartender. Bar uh, the bartender. Okay, you walk up to the bartender. Um, the bartender is in the middle of pouring several ales. He goes up to you. <sighs> what do you be having? Uh, what? Do... Sorry, this is my first time here. Uh, what? What did you got? Uh, well, are you looking for spirit or are you looking for ale? Uh, I think I have a long. Uh, uh, ale is fine. I think I have a long day ahead of me. <laughs> okay. We. Uh... Oh, by the way, uh, there is a time difference. We'll say right now it's just becoming dusk. While it was pure, like deep into night, by the time you had left, this is just reaching dusk. So you kind of went back in time almost a little bit. Um, you know, time zones. Uh, yeah. Gotcha, Huey Lewis. You know what? I feel, like I, have, I feel like I have a long night ahead of me. We'll start with some ale. All right. Uh, what type of ale you like? You like a draft, a stout, um, lager? You know what? I haven't had a I haven't had a decent stout in quite some time. Oh, we've got one that'll knock you on your ass. It's called the degreaser. I haven't wanted anything more in, in this particular instance. And you, you see Darm's eyes kind of narrow slightly, as if something very intense has happened in his brain. Like, yes. <laughs> I'm going to accept this challenge. Bartender's like, I like you. You're funny. All right. I'll be right back. Um, any grub with that or just the drink? The grub should be fine. I know that I spotted a couple of, spotted a shepherd's pie that looked, uh, it looked particularly appetizing. Uh, shepherd's pie or do you want to take a look at the menu? And eat? Oh, this is surprisingly convenient. Huh. Yeah, it's, uh, we, we keep them, uh, our menu, so... This way you don't need to ask us every time, hey, what do you guys serve? Well, here you go. Here's the menu. Take your pick. I should take a note for that next time I go back home. It's the amount of... I'm just, like, as a player, I'm just going to roll a random die, and then... Okay. And you just let me... You just let me know which die is appropriate. Now it's going to just... It'll be this. Um, I I would say just think of pub food. That's pretty much what's on the menu. All right. I'll keep it at a D4 since I drive myself crazy. You know what? I know I said I wanted the pie earlier, but I'm just uh, let me get a let me see what the fish and chips are like here, and you know throw some fried pickles on top of that as well. Fried pickles and fish and chips. All right. Anything else? Um, some information if you if you happen to have any. He looks at you, cockeyed. Uh, what type of information? You don't work with the health department, do you? Oh, not oh, no, don't let the don't let the the, the glasses and the you see Darm takes takes the glasses off. This is more for reading. Don't, don't, don't let the glasses fool you. Uh, All right. Uh, no, nothing with the health department. Unless there's okay. something I should be worried about. No, not at all. They're just dicks. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And Darn's keep shuffling themselves. Fair enough. Just uh, just on the lookout for someone I, 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 that I may need help with finding. Um, or need their help, depending sure on. Sure thing. Uh, I'll be right back. Hold on. Oh, take your time, take your time. And he goes, he he takes, he writes down your order ticket, puts it on this little weird contraption, spins it around, and it goes to the other side, and he comes back with what looks like a clear glass, like um like a stein, but this time it's made oh. of glass as opposed to like a porcelain, and rests before you. Beer's on the house. Uh, meal will come out to about two gold. Oh, not a problem. But you can pay once you're, uh, once you're done, so relax. Ah! It's a strange way of going about it. That's delicate, delicate glassware too. And Darn's gonna just kind of just tap on the glass, just to you know to hear the clink sound against his nail. Clink. That's made here in Valru. Well, Lanzanjuel to be precise. Oh my, my kind of place. As Darn takes a takes a sip of the of the the, the greaser, we'll see how we'll see how tough the strong stuff really is. 
it's a stout. Have you ever had a stout whose flavor profile it's it's an earthy flavor profile mm-hmm. with uh, dark chocolate and coffee notes? Oh, you are speaking my language. Yes, yes, yes. And it's it's a very pronounced dark chocolate and coffee type of flavor. You see, Darla, look, well, it's supposed to be that one, like that one, you know, tasteful step turns into like almost a half chug. Oh, all right. Uh, but I want to take it easy. That thing is ten uh, percent ABV. What? 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 Ten uh, percent ABV, alcohol body per volume. You know. Okay. You see, Darnum slowly nodding his head as the like the, as the verbiage is something he is wholly unfamiliar with. Uh, so basically, and he goes into the science and explaining about the alcohol. He says, "Oh, we actually have a uh, quite a in-depth beer menu too, if you want to take a look." Yes. All right, coming right up, and he hands you the beer and spirits and wines menu. Darn's gonna pull like a small notebook. It's like, why you're doing? Do you mind if I just write some of this stuff down? Um, and Darn's gonna just, if so, just, he's gonna just trans, like write down what everything he's just been explaining about ABVs, notes. Like, hang on, this I, is... I don't see why not. Um, it's not a secret around these parks. If I told you where I come from, you'd be amazed to find out how much, how very little we seem to know about this. Uh, where are you? Where are you from? Uh, you heard of uh, Loria? No. Is that somewhere in uh, Redos or, or uh, Ura? Oh, no. It's um, it's a ways away. Maybe that'd be the easiest way to put it. But yeah, they don't have any of this. Like, I imagine, like, he holds, he'll hold the sign in. I mean, the sign alone, like, I'd run quite a pretty penny back where I'm from. Oh, well, um, oh. Eh, you can probably order a whole case of them here for probably a gold. They're mass-produced, so... Oh my goodness! Note to self. is a big manufacturing nation, you know. Oh yes. And you I notice mean, there are there's electricity here. There's like, like actually like light bulbs and like like they they're modeled to look like candles, but there's actually flowing electricity. Like there's something's generating electricity in here. I'm trying to think if Darn's been anywhere that's even remotely close to what he's seeing in terms of King's power source. Uh, power source, no, but Kingsport is the only city that you've known to actually have, like, full-on electricity. And how does, uh... You okay there, friend? You ever get that feeling where you, or you unexpe- you're unexpectedly given a lot of information all at once, and you work quite, and you just, you're just, you're just processing? I try to avoid those moments. They make my head hurt. Yeah, I kind of stumbled into one of those just now. That's quite unfortunate. But uh, to make a to make a strange situation a bit more exacerbated, I do need some information and maybe you know I figured a bar is a, a a nice a good bartender is a good place anywhere to start. Well, so, maybe maybe I might be able to answer it. Maybe I can't. What you looking for? Uh, just a not a what but a who. Um, uh, uh, this isn't that type of bar. We don't deal in any of that. Um... Oh, 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 no, 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 not that, not, not that at all. No, if you want no. that, you're gonna want the, uh, you're, you're gonna want the bar down the street. Oh no, no, I'm, I'm spoken for. No worries. So yeah, I don't need to. Okay. I couldn't complicate anything. With, like so we're most of the patrons of that bar. So. Uh, oh. So some things aren't that different here as well. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I gotta leave it. I gotta leave it alone. Uh, just a quick rundown. Just to. Looking for, looking for, looking for a lady, uh, Eldekin, uh, rather tall, well, tall for, well, I'll say tall for, well, not for me, but tall for, like, say, the, the average human, maybe, but maybe, like, a foot, maybe like, a, like, a foot higher, foot taller, um, 
uh, angular features, bit palette, wouldn't look out of place in Innsgrad of anything. <clears throat> Sounds like you're looking for a vampire. Um, can't exactly say I've seen one recently. Um, and that's kind of a most vampire of Eldekin descent look like what you described. Anything else about this uh, mystery woman? Uh, goes by the name. Uh, like he's he'll say he'll say he'll say it loudly enough for the bartender, but not loud enough if maybe someone listen, overhearing might listen in. Because you know, not quite sure how the people might react. Like, goes by the name of Son Per. Um, sounds familiar. You know who might know though. Uh, hold on, let me go. Uh, let me go back to the chef. He knows someone close to the Valains. If if anyone can help you find your uh, son Per, they're definitely the family that could do it. Oh, all right. Uh, I'll be back. Give me a few minutes. Ah, uh, sure. Take your time. A couple minutes go by. He comes back. He goes, well, some good news, and uh, yeah, just some good news. If you want tomorrow morning, you can head up the market district and head over to the uh, the royal quarters. It's a colloquial term. It's not really the royal quarters. Uh, it's where the Valains live. They tend to, uh, they, they run Lens and Jewel. There, uh, just tell them that uh, Freed sent you. They'll, they'll let you in, and you can speak with uh, Johannes or maybe uh, one of his kids if they've seen this uh, Son Per person. I appreciate it. Are you, and, uh, and to try to rectify my rude mistake, are you, would you have to be Freed? No, 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 that's our cook. Uh, Freed, get out. Come on, get over here. I, I, I appreciate the commitment. A individual of similar features of what you described, except they are human. Freed, this is, uh, I don't think I got your name. Uh, the name's Darnum. Darnum Han. If you ever in need of any medical attention and I happen to be in the area, I'll be happy to assist. The pleasure is all mine, Darnum. I am Freed. I'm an Innsgrad native. Uh, here on, well, looking for a change of scenery. Understandable. Simply mention my name to the Valens. They'll take care of you. They'll help you look for your, uh, missing betrothed. Oh, they're not my betrothed in any way. It's more of a, it's more, I'm in need of their assistance. And I was told I might be able to find them. You know what? I don't want to trouble you any more than you have. You, you've both done more than enough for me. And I, I thank you for Everything, I guess, the only thing that's left now is just to, is there anywhere I, can, anywhere I can spend the night? And he goes back into the kitchen. <clears throat> well, there are a few places you can stay. Um, are you looking for, you know, typical lodging, or uh, are you looking for something a little bit more um, pinky raising? Uh, my pinkies are fine. I'm just fine with a, a, any place with a door and a, door and a cot, I'll be fine. Well, if you're looking for something just modest, you can look at the Briar Rose. That's a nice little uh, inn. They'll take you, you know. You might want to go soon because bad weather looks like it's on its way. Ah, all right. I'll just uh, finish up my meal and then I'll be on my way. Sure thing. I'll be back. And he goes off. A few minutes go by. He comes back with what looks like a huge helping of fish and chips. Don't mind if I do, good sir. Thank you. And just and when you're done, here's the bill, and he slides it over to you, and it says two gold on it. This is so very convenient. And so you you finish your meal. It's actually quite good. He pours you another ale in the house. 
And that's it. Once you conclude with your meal, is there anything else you would like to do, or would you like to look for your night's lodging? Sure, I'll just I'll tip. I'll be sure to put down five gold for the meal for all the help, and then once they pick it up, I'll slip like an extra five gold for the info I got as well. You slide the ten gold, and you set off into the night. The bad weather, as he said, has arrived. Fortunately, he provided directions for you on where to find the Briar Rose. It's it's actually um, not that far from the Iron Griffin. And so you find your way to the Briar Rose, shaking off the cold. Standing behind the desk is a scalebound of a blue complexion, and it's a female scalebound. Welcome to the Briar Rose. How may I help you? Are you looking for lodging for tonight? Yes, exactly. Uh, it might just be for the, for the night so far. Okay. Uh, room for one, or are you expecting company later? Oh, one, one for one. If someone's going to be giving me company, it's uh, going to be wholly unexpected. <laughs> okay, yeah. then. One room that'll uh, for one night, that'll be one gold. All right, here's a gold. and. Uh... Oh, I must say, uh, are you looking for just a simple room, or are you looking for one of our more lavish? A uh, simple room should be fine. Is there anything about the lavish rooms I should know about? Better amenities. I could use some better amenities, uh, certainly. That'll be three gold. I'll tack on three more gold on top of the Here you go. Well, thank you. Here is your key. It's the ivory suite. Ooh, ivory suite. Thank you. Just simply take the stairs to your left, all the way to the top floor. No one should disturb you. Should you wish it, you may have breakfast brought to your room in the morning. It's part oh, of the additional amenities. Oh, that would be lovely. Thank you. This place is fantastic. Take care, and I don't believe I got your name. Uh, the name is Darnum. Dar Darnum Han. She writes it down in the book. Okay, Darnum Han. Uh, would you mind spelling that last name for me? That would be in whatever the letter, the, the alphabet that we have hmm. here. It's essentially just H-A-H-N. Perfect. Thank you, Mr. Han. I hope you do enjoy your stay at the Briar Rose tonight. And you're welcome, Miss. I'm sorry, I didn't get your name. I am so sorry. Uh, let me pull up my list of NPCs. Zendora. Zendora bartender, got it. Oh no, 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 not the bartender. The um, uh, uh, the the hostess of the Briar Rose. Gotcha. You are given the key to the Ivory Suite. She tells you it's on the top floor. And uh, is there anything you'd like to do, or will you be departing? I don't know. Just making my way inside. Making my way to into the suite. Just checking it out. Uh... Okay. You notice that the floors are segregated. Like, you have the regular rooms, you have the middle rooms, and then you have the high luxury suites up top. Oh, okay. You can clearly tell they are named after different things. You have the ruby suite, the sapphire suite, the diamond suite, and then you have the ivory suite. Uh, you know, they're all named after either precious gem... The, the suites are named after precious gemstones or luxury items. Uh, you get to your room, you open the door, and it is absolutely gorgeous. It has a, in the room, the main bedroom, the main bedroom has like almost like an ascending bed, if that makes sense. Oh like there goodness. are steps that lead into the bed. The bed is about the same size as that California King that you had seen previously. Uh, the, all the way to the far left of the room looks like what looks like a, essentially like a hot tub or jacuzzi combo. In the room, like on the nightstand beside uh, the bed, on the right-hand side, there is a little placard 
with what looks like a, a menu, right, of the uh, what they serve for uh, room service of sorts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And they tell you the times at which you can get these items. These little placard things are everywhere. If I were, if, if I were to put a tavern or an inn, this would be a, this would be a, I don't <laughs> You see Darnum just takes the placard, he's walking around with it, just mesmerized. But it just go, go in and just sit, just walk up the stairs to my bed and just plop down and just kind of. It is incredibly soft. Like he's gonna fight that nurse, just fall asleep immediately, and just gonna just hop off the bed and just uh, Darnum would just head back downstairs and well, he'll he'll lock his door first, make sure make sure his things are secured. What I will say is, uh, if you look outside the window, you're, you're you have a balcony. Oh, even better! I was just going on the balcony. Oh, okay. You have a balcony, and snow has begun. Like it's right now, it's it's not super heavy, but it's the beginnings of a nor'easter blizzard, essentially, from what you can discern. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but yeah, you can go out on the balcony, and it's it's nippy, it's it's cold, and you see snow forming, and you as you look outside, you see actual children, like collecting what snow they can off the street and throwing snowballs at each other. They're making like little snow angels in the, on like the, the thoroughfare. There doesn't seem to be like any, anything out, but pretty much like some children and some, some of the businessmen, uh, businesses already beginning to like, you know, shovel out the sidewalk or try to shovel up the sidewalk to keep up with the snowfall. Okay. Anything out of, is there anything, there's anything out of the ordinary aside from like, you know, aside from just, you know, what I've seen so far in the bad, you... the bad weather. Uh, give me a perception check. It... Ooh, okay, perception. Yeah. I think, I think you can do that one. Okay, now at the moment, that's four plus four, which is eight. You've never been here before. You've never seen this. There's a bit of like a wonderlust of of everything that you're experiencing. It's kind of almost like an overloading of the, the senses. And so nothing necessarily like stands out to you. Like everything stands out to you. You know, everything from the little placards and the menus to like actual functioning electricity, which you're not foreign to, but you're not used to seeing a place like the Iron Griffin. You know what? Darn's going to just quickly put on his, put on his cold weather clothes again and just, mm -hmm. head out, just head outside and just walk. Easy enough. You lock up. You close the window. Make sure snow doesn't get inside. You start wearing your, uh, your cold weather clothing, and you step out into the <laughs> somewhat busy... No, I, I can't say busy, but for a snowstorm, it's busy, with kids playing and business uh businesses shuffling and uh shoveling and you actually see freed uh outside the iron griffin shoveling i'll wave over to freed and hello freed looks up at you he does like the the very polite like two finger plus like the like the somewhat open hand wave and goes back to shoveling all right just start making my way down to thoroughfare just uh, walking as you walk down the shops are beginning to close for the night you you notice that there are a variety of different shops. Anything in particular that you're looking for? I even know I know they're closing up. Anything that seems to be a, aside from just general stores, any kind of uh, I guess I'm trying to think of anything that's comparable to what I would look for in Kingsport. You know, shops where I might be able to find specialty items, like apothecaries, any kind of smithing, weapons or otherwise, just things that might that might be useful for me to know while I'm here. Okay, so. When it comes to apothecaries, you see what's refer you see a shop referred to as the dap the dapper plague doctor as a, That's a name. 
alchemist slash apothecary like shop. And then for smithing, are you looking for like armors and all 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 encompassing smith smithing, or what exactly are you looking for in particular? I would say at this point, an all encompassing smith. I don't really, I don't really. He doesn't really have a need for armor, but this, he's not the only person that he's going to be dealing with. Say, should things work out, you know, Sonfer might need something. So, okay, who knows? So, there are a few shops. Um, when it comes to weapons. You see a shop referred to as the Iron Maidens. You see a second shop uh, called We Forge It When It's Hot. And then you see a third shop that's referred to as Inferno Squire. Uh, the, the Inferno Squire is very much a, from what you can see from the window shopping, is weapons. The Iron Maidens, you can clearly see that they are pretty much like an almost an everything encompassing shop. And then the the other shop is again another all encompassing shop. Gotcha. Oh, that's good to know. Is there one in particular that catches your eye? Uh, are there more shops that you're you're looking for? It may not be of any use to me, but you know, it might be good to know in case any of the other any of the party finishes by manage to inquire about coming here. I can just point them in the right direction. Give me D one hundred roll. Ooh, D one hundred. Eh? Let's see. Because I have a handful of shops. That's going to be ninety one. Ninety one. Okay, one shop that stands out to you is Lady Phantasma. Phantasma is spelled with an F. When you walk past this shop and you see the window displays, it looks absolutely alluring. You immediately notice that there's some sort of enchantment that makes it alluring. Oh. Yeah, so that they are using some sort of enchantment almost as a way of marketing or advertising to, like, stand out from above their competitors. Right, right. Like, you see Darn's kind of... You know the thing where, like, like little kids are, like, veering towards the the bright colorful display and then a parent has to pull them along? Like, he's had to shake shake himself out of very quickly. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. (laughs) Yep. You have that wonderlust. Um, <laughs> and as this is, ha- speaking of children, two kids run past you, that brother-sister combo. One, uh, the brother runs past you, and then the sister bumps into the back of your leg. She looks like an ant compared to you. And then, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, it's... And she's she's actually shaking a little bit. Well, that's so... Oh, hang on a second. I know, I know what it is. Like, you see Darn the standard kind of just straighten up, like, oh, they don't work. Oh, and this just kind of... I wasn't he's going to take a knee, but he'll still be like close to five foot five. Right. He, <laughs> <laughs> he takes a knee. He's at average human size. No, <laughs> uh, that's all right. Are you two okay? Or um... Yes. Yeah, sorry about her. She's a little bit of a klutz. Hey, come on. Come on. We have to get home. Mom and dad are waiting for us. Come on. Sure. All right. Uh, don't, don't let me stop you. Go on. Go on ahead. Okay. Um, sorry, mister. And she runs off with her brother. That's all right. Now, because I, now Darn was, hang on a second. Mm-hmm. He's going to just pat himself down very quickly to see if anything's missing. Nothing's missing. Nothing's missing. And you see Darn just breathe like a side of like, oh. I was like, the last thing, the last Darn, Darn needs to do is to try and chase down a child because they decided to try and steal. Yeah, just Darn, like after the bumping in, just Darn just like watches him one, one pass for a bit, make sure, yeah, make sure they're doing all right. And then, then he'll he'll just keep, he'll just keep wandering around. Uh, as you continue throughout uh, the city of Glenzenjuel, anything you're looking for? Like you 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 pass some shops. Are you still keeping an eye out for more shops, or are you looking for uh, other places of um, I guess to spend? Even though you already have a room, other places that can be considered inns or hotels, uh, taverns, restaurants. Yeah, just looking up. Yeah, pretty much just taking in the sights of anything catches eye, considering the kind of lifestyle that Darn's left beforehand. Like. Hey, there's any taverns looked up? Like maybe some less than reputable people or less than reputable uh, people milling about things like those. Just yeah, this yeah, this looks maybe just, just 
I might get into like maybe a sketchier part of town than I than I expected. You know, stuff like that. Are you actively going to like like? Are you going to actively explore to see if you can find a sketchy part of town? Yeah, it can't hurt. Okay, what's, uh, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> investigation roll. Uh, I think uh, pearl necklace being clutched. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Why did you say that name? Uh, seven, <laughs> 17 plus six. I'm so glad you get these references. I love it, man. I, I love it. This 23. Been... Okay, 23. Yeah, no, you, you find Sketchville easy. You could, you, No matter where you go, a bad neighborhood stands out. The first thing you see is a what looks like what you can safely assume is an orphanage of some kind or like a halfway home it's referred to as the little sister's garden and as you're walking past it you hear the raucous sound of children playing and some sort of uh, maternal figure being hey 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 get off of there before you hurt yourself and then you hear someone crashing the floor and then crying he says i told you and then to come here, come here, come here. No, no, no. It's it's all right. You know, you walk past what you can assume is. Uh, has Darnum ever seen a thrift shop before? I would say, hmm, maybe not a shop that's dedicated to just secondhand items. But I imagine, you know, there's been some shops he's been to where. I would say, I would say the name the name of thrift shop is something he wouldn't have seen. But he's been to shops that are essentially thrift shops. Okay, so yeah, you you see some. Thrift shops that they're, you know, their names aren't exactly compared to like what you've seen so far. Like one is called Mr. Silver's. You see uh, like a what you can assume is a used bookstore called Turn the Page. You see what is a, a magic shop or maybe a magic shop apothecary type combination. You question whether these bottles were cleaned before because there's like some frosting, like almost like this like caked on grease on the actual bottles themselves. Ah. Uh, yeah. And you also see, you know, what passes off as a kind of almost like a um, Salvation Army type shop as well. All right. I would say from all this all this uh, exploration, about how much time do you think has passed since I had left I left the Briar Rose? Probably a couple hours already. You, you've 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 explored. Like when you arrived, it was about dusk. After eating, getting to the briar, uh, talking with Demir, then going to the briar rose, and then speaking with um, uh, Zendora. Uh, it's been a few hours. And then on top of this, all this searching, you 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 first searched like the local shops near you. Then you went a little further north, and then you went a little further south towards the 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 sketchy neighborhood. And this takes about like another couple hours total. Okay. So it is well into the night. The storm is raging on, and it is probably about four and a half inches of snow on the ground. And unlike Ooh. the other neighborhoods, no one is shoveling in this neighborhood right now. Ooh. I guess give it a bit more, but now I start trudging my way back. I start making my way back to the back to the back to the Briar Rose. Easily enough, you you find your way to the Briar Rose. Takes about maybe about forty five minutes. Now that you know a little bit more of lay of the land. Um, and you enter the Briar Rose, you shake off the cold, and I'm assuming you head back to your room? Yes. You head back to your room, but as soon as you enter the Briar Rose, you are greeted with this welcoming warmth compared to the cold outside. <sighs> you head to your room and into your suite, and it is even nicer. And something that you didn't notice that wasn't there before that you notice now is that there's like this sweet floral scent in the air that wasn't there before now that i'm back inside and warm to if just everything's a lot better just uh 
that'll make my way here and um I guess just get ready to turn in for the night. Alright, just climbing the go up the stairs to bed, which is something darn so sets to get over. And as you lay down, you have to fight the urge to not fall asleep should you want to. But if the Darnum's like, I am ready for bed, you fall to sleep instantly. He's going to just plop down, close his eyes, and be ready for the morning, hopefully. And you're out. You wake up the next morning, refresh. You awaken, and the storm is still going on, but it's not as heavy. It seems like the brunt of the storm occurred overnight. This Darnum's going to go over and look over the, look over the placard again and see if there's a way that... No, he's going to look over and think about breakfast and realize, no, let, me get a, let me get a quick start to the day. And just get himself dressed and make his way out. Okay. You you get dressed, make your way out, and as you're heading downstairs, Zendora stops you. <clears throat> Mr. Donham. Uh, yes. Are you leaving, or do you plan on returning? I didn't expect to stay an extra night, but this place is, is lovely. I feel like I can, if you don't mind if I pay for an additional night. Oh, that's... not at all. Not at all. We will never turn down coin should it be supplied to us. So, uh, another night in the ivory suite? Oh, yes, thank you. That will be three gold, of course. And I need to, rem- I, I th- fa- think I failed to let you know, the meals, the first meal of each meal time is complimentary. So, oh. your first breakfast is complimentary should you eat more or order a second meal. That you would have to pay for. Understandable. Thank you. I'll definitely take advantage. Yes. And I'll put it on the I'll put down the three gold immediately. Here you go. Oh, why? Thank you. Is, is there anything you need in your room? Uh, do you want us to touch it up a little bit? Uh, if there's any stationery, I can I can certainly use that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, check within the nightstand. Uh, I believe it's the second drawer on the left nightstand. There should be some stationery in there. Thank you, thank you. And also, um, uh, writing utensils, too. Uh, it's kind of answered all my pledges at the moment, but um, I may return midday just to take advantage. Well, <laughs> thank you again. Thank you again, Zendaya. Zendura. My pleasure, Mr. Um, Mr. Han, or do you prefer Donham? Uh, whichever. You, I'll, I'm fine either way. All right, then, Mr. Han. We look forward to seeing you. Um, should you arrive in time for lunch? Uh... The menu items are constantly changing based off of what's available and supplied. So do keep an eye on the menu. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, he's kind of just kind of like hurriedly leaves out. It's going to start uh, making his way to the, to the royal quarters. Oh, in the, in the market district. Past market district. I would say give me, give me an investigation roll and give yourself advantage because you spent a little time exploring. So you kind of got a little bit of a lay Ooh, I need. Oh, I needed that because I was like four in the die. Oh, it's going to be investigation 8 plus 6, 14. Oh, okay. Takes you about an hour or so, not really that long. You've actually kind of gotten a lay of the land. Not necessarily this area last night, but you kind of learned that your local area. You walk past the, the familiar shops, the Iron Maidens, the Forge It in, we, we Forge It in Fire, uh, Lady Phantasma, and you start heading towards what is referred to colloquially as the Royal Quarters. Um, the reason why this is referred to is, and you can clearly tell, there are a lot of the nicer uh, housing is in this neighborhood. And particularly, you can clearly tell where the Valains live because theirs is at the center of it all. Um, as oh, if right. they were kind of like almost like the royal family. All right. So knowing what I know, I'm going to start making my way there. 
you head over to the what is clearly marked as the Valains, um estate, and you see this strange contraption. There's a gate that's barring your path, and a strange contraption on your right with what looks like some sort of numerical pad and some sort of uh, strange box with strange like slits on the above. I'll just look. I'll look at the the pad with the box and then look around and see if there's anyone nearby. On, on either side of this gate, on my side or the other side. Uh, your side, there's no one there, and on the other side, there's no one there either. Guess I'll just kind of walk, just pick, walk, walk, walk back and forth from one end, from one, from one side of the gate to one end, from one end of the gate to the other. There we go. You walk see. from one end to the gate to the other. You don't see anyone around. There's uh, a individual, I would say, of a uh, Eldican, one of the few Eldicans that you'd seen here because they they don't necessarily go to Valru, walks past you. Oh, yes, um, excuse, hi, hello, hi. Uh, um, do I know you? Uh, I don't think you do, but I was actually coming here to visit uh, one of the Valdanes, and I was told to speak to someone and give them a name. I don't see anyone around. You're here for the Valanes? Yes, Valanes. Oh, okay. Uh, you're going to want to touch that little pad. You see that button right there? That it's um, that one with the little circle inside the circle inside the, with the little dot in the middle. And he points out to the, the, the numerical pad you had seen earlier. And there is a button on the bottom that has like a uh, circle within a circle with a little dot in the middle. Hmm. You see Darren very slowly just move his index finger and then realize his index finger is probably much bigger than the buttons themselves and just go to his pinky finger and then push the pinky. Yeah, you're, you're, even your pinky finger is actually like probably thicker than this this button. Um, <laughs> you press into the button, there's a little buzzing noise, and then you hear... <clears throat> Good evening, how may I help you? Hello, um... I'm here to see one of the Valanes, uh, Freed sent me. Uh, Freed sent you. And you, you have business with the Valanes. Uh, yes. One moment, please. You hear a buzzing noise, and then the gates part. Hmm. Step in through the gates, walk all the way to the house. It's all the way at the end. You can't miss it, unless you're daft. Darn, will just like, just it, look, kind of look, look admiringly at the gates as they open on your own. Like, oh, yeah. There's a lot going on here. I like it. And, and then as you it. step through, the gates begin to slowly close. Hmm. I like this. And so you, you follow the trail leading into what is the Valain estate, and you come across essentially this large manor of sorts, and already waiting for you outside the door is a... Don't, I can't even say tall because everyone's short for you. Um, <laughs> individual you of maybe you, you like, say taller than most <laughs> taller than most yes yeah. so about six foot two salt and pepper hair and he is dressed in what looks like uh, regal fineries essentially like his clothes are accented with uh, his clothes are of a higher quality than what you've seen so far in um, Valru uh, uh, Glens and Joel I keep forgetting Valru is just a nation and you also see the fact that it's accented with uh, different, like, you know, embroidery and fillery and, uh, like, almost like gilded. I assume you're Freed's friend. Uh, yes, the name is Darnum. Uh, please, enter. Come in before you catch the death of you. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, right this way. Uh, would you be Johannes? I am Johannes. Uh, and who might you be, friend? Uh, the name is Darnum. Darnum Han. Pleasure to meet you, Mr. Han. And he puts his hand out before you. Uh, as you enter the abode, uh, he closes the door and he shakes your hand. All right, just go to quick, you know, shake, handshake it. Yes, I was I was informed by Free that uh, you might you 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 might be the person that could uh, garner some assistance. That depends. What is it that you need assisting? I'm actually in search of someone. I'm someone who I I'm I'm, I'm in need of dire of a dire help with uh, the name of. Uh, my brain literally just deleted the name right as I was about to say it. Son Per? <laughs> yes, Son Per. Son Per. Um, that isn't a name I've heard for quite some time. What is your business with Lady Per? Well, she was she was a a former associate of another friend of mine who helped a who who in our lands helped a great deal. And um, in this point, I feel like I may be, we are also in need of her of her assistance again. Are you a champion, boy? <laughs> no, I'm not actually, but I know she is. and She was. She relinquished that type of life a long time ago when she and um, her compatriots did what they had to do. Uh, do you know where she is now? Even if she's not a champion in name, she is a. she does have a champion's experience and whatever assistance she can provide in that manner would be be of a great a great help as well your business is um i guess assuming i'm able to find her you're looking to ask her in regards to what exactly helping you with what type of problem well there's been a being that's that's currently walking the lands of a land known as loria if you i don't know if you're familiar with that, that i'm familiar with the, the various different realms i've never actually had the pleasure of visiting Loria itself, but I'm familiar. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I have to dance around some of this then. No. So yes, there's a being that's been freed on Loria that, from the research I've done, that she has encountered before. And the champions of Loria are... What's this being's name? It's... He just looks around to make sure if anyone's walking by and no one's around. It's... Uh, Calgrim. Are you daft? I am not, sir. So you're telling me that Calgrim walks this walks these realms now. Free. Oh yes. Unabated. Free to Indeed. do whatever he possibly wants to. Potentially, yes. And how is it Calgrim was freed from his prison? Granted it wasn't the best prison ever. Um, seeing as how they didn't bother to have a breaker, seal the scars. How is it he's around? Well, in the search, ironically enough, in search of a breaker, we uh, his um, containment happened to be discovered instead, and uh, and utilizing the, the the lack of knowledge in the breaker managed to uh, dupe a party into freeing him instead. Right? Oh, no, go on ahead, sir. Don't don't let me stop you. Your strange world, your strange world's wondrous technology is most uh, intriguing. You're going to need a lot more than a former champion if you're looking to stop Calgrim. You do know this, right? 
Oh, yes, there's, we have at least four that I'm, that I'm currently associated with now. Who are the four it's champions? Just, uh, well, there's Ankar, the, the Siege Breaker, if you're aware of who that is. Good man, yes. There's, uh, there's Aiden. I'm, I'm not sure if you know who he is, but he's an associate of Ankar's. He is also a champion. Don't know who that chap is. Nope. Uh, then there's two other members of the party I traveled with previous, uh, traveled, traveled with currently that are, that are, there's Mirthal, if you know who that is. No idea. And then there's, there was one. No, wait, there is one. No, wait. Did I say four? I think it's a four. Yeah, it's a four. Right? Never mind. There are those who are actively trying to be champion, trying to attain the stat, attain the status as well. And but that being said, I, I figured since the, with the with the with the amount of aspects there were, and the amount of champions there there may have been, there could be knowledge of those that we have not met yet. You know, people who have been chosen for chosen as champions that have not been brought over to answer the call, as it were. If you know which ones are champions and which ones aren't. You simply call out to the aspect in question that is lacking a champion and request an audience with them. Should they wish to answer, they'll appear. Hmm. It's strange that in all the research, I've done months and months of research, and it's at no point has anyone ever mentioned how easy that would be to do so. Because the, cha the aspects don't wish to be bothered, you see. Um, these other parallel beings referred to as ruinous powers... Their utterance of their names would mean a swift but painful death. Anyone who's oh yes, foolish... oh, we've you've had... also encountered one of those. Oh, I apologize. Uh, not apologize. My condolences to whoever was foolish enough to actually say their name, and well, they probably died painfully. Oh no, they they survived. Oddly enough, uh, his eyes the... widen as you say that. <laughs> Yeah, no, oh no, people died. No, let, let me let me assure you, people were dead due to uh, this particular ruinous power's uh, arrival. Just not the one who summoned the, mm. that <clears throat> power. It, that individual should consider themselves quite fortunate. Oh yes, it's it's going to be a story that'll be told many many times as a cautionary tale. Uh, but speaking on going back to the champions. The reason why it's not in there is because the champions don't want to be bothered. I mean, the aspects don't want to be bothered. You know, they are they. Would they be bound in some way to 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 answer the request mm. to be to be summoned or not necessarily? Yeah. No, they they're non-interventionalists. If that makes sense, why do you think they don't interfere when wars break out? Why do you think they don't when there's a disaster? They don't stop it. They basically created what they created and let. Nature, of, you know, not nature. That that is an aspect. They just let whatever be be. That's understandable. I can, if they were to answer the request of any per, if any person who happened to call at any point in time, there'd be very little to get done. Think about that. Think about how little people would learn from their mistakes if their mistakes could simply be fixed by some other being at the flick of a wrist or a snap of a finger oh right but yeah i know trust me i've made more than a, more than a, my fair share of mistakes and you can't undo them your best you can do is just to just try to try to 
do what you can to make to atone for your your mistake, I suppose. Correct. You live, you learn, and you move on. Indeed, but uh, in this particular situation, uh, living and living and learning is one part, but moving on may not happen if Calvin gets his way. No, and it's it's. How much of Calgrim's history do you know? I know a considerable bit about his defeat, the sealing, and the uh, the removal of his lieutenants. He's also on the search for those, and uh, we've done our part to make sure that to hamper his to hamper his the retreat the retrieval is not the best word resurrection maybe of his lieutenants has been waylaid as best we can, and Smart. Uh, we just dealt a decisive blow to the number of his his forces as is about. Out of the project, maybe two-thirds of his army have been uh, essentially removed from the board. That's good to hear. But that still leaves, you know, what are the most powerful beings in existence and a rather sizable army to contend with. Well, he was defeated once with that power. He can be defeated again. Uh, I take it that with the, if, that you have some sort of acquaintance with San Per. Do you know if she's ever explained or told you exactly what happened or uh, how, she, how they were able to deal with her back in those in that time? No, nothing too intimate. Um, Son Per is currently in Innsgrad, as far as I know. She decided to roost with some vampire, go back to the future mother country, if that makes sense. But she wasn't too talkative about her time as a champion. She seemed like she wanted to put it all behind her, which is understandable. She lost many a great friend, both on, well, on both sides. Yeah, she was an Eldekin. Majority of the Eldekins sided with Calgrim. Yes. Yes. That's right. And those that defected were hated by both allies, well, questioned by allies, and hated by their own people. It wasn't easy, but they did what they thought was right. I can understand with that kind of with that kind of uh, kind of way to be put on your shoulders. That's understandable. I'm sorry to disturb you with this attention. <laughs> At the beginning of the day, it's... I've dealt with far worse. I've no stranger to conflict and war. You don't live as long as I do without seeing a few battles. I would ask if, and I, and it's and it's not in relation to the search, my search for Son Fur, but. There's another champion here as well. At least, well, last known location was here. If any, if anybody ever came across them or learned of any information on Pone, the Pone the Aetherian? If it's an Aetherian, haven't heard the name, but if it's an Aetherian that you seek, if they may be an Aetheris. The only two places I could think are Aetheris and Valru. I'll keep an ear out for the name, though. How do you spell it? It'd be P apostrophe W N. Simple enough to memorize. I'll keep an ear out for you, Mister. What was it again? Uh, Dar- it's uh, Darnum. Darnum Han. Mister Han, I'll keep an ear out for you. Uh, if you need to find me, I've been making a point of staying at the uh, Briar Rose. No, oh, fine establishment. Oh yes, I didn't re- I didn't realize how fine the establishment was when I got there, but uh, I'm rather I'm rather pleased. Yes, they but... they have tastes that can be catered for everyone. Indeed, that is good. Yes, I I, I see it firsthand. Uh, but I fear as though this may it may be in a few days, as with what you've told me, I 
may need to make my way to Integrad instead. If you're looking for Son Per, Integrad is your best bet. Um, do be careful though. Well, you're stoneborn, so I don't think you'd have to worry. Your blood's toxic to vampire. Oh, I wasn't aware. I wasn't. Aware. Yeah, I. I'm only. I was aware of the Kiasi's, uh toxicity to the vampire's oh. uh, particular tastes. Oh no, stoneborn, scalebound, Kiasi. Anything whose lifeblood in some way has been altered by, or in, shaped by, the pure Aetherian energy that encompasses all of creation. Though their bloods are toxic to the vampire. <coughs> the vampire can feed off of Eldekin, can feed off of human. If dwarves were still around, they could feed off of them. I'm sure. I'm sure the. I'm sure the vampire are well aware of themselves, but this is always a. Get to know, get things to know for medical reasons. I, I do fancy myself a bit of a doctor, so anything that can affect someone's uh, medical yeah, medical history is something I'll take. You'll be left well enough alone. They can smell whether their meal is safe or not. And you notice he has certain features on him, uh, similar to that of a vampire, but a little mute, if that makes sense. Not quite as pronounced. Well. You wouldn't happen to know. I'm sure you may have some insight as to how much time it will take for me to travel from Valru to in, to Integrad. Uh depends. How are you traveling? I hadn't thought of that actually. Should you be traveling on foot, that'll take you several days. If you travel by caravan, a couple days. If you travel by ship, skyship, it should take you no more than maybe an hour and a half, two tops. Oh. Is there a skyship that I can find that would be uh, amenable to, to traveling in such a notice? What skyship did you take to reach these? Unless you're a bounder. Are you a bounder? I am not. Okay, well then, it looks like you are out of luck in that regard. The Valains, we have uh, a personal skyship uh, we can lend you. Are you familiar with flying at all? I've flown on a number of skyships in the past. Uh, this... Piloting, not so much. Ah. Are you willing to learn? I feel as though there is ever a time. And you see, Darms are getting a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> There's ever a time to do so. All, all, yes. So, if you do decide to stay and learn, just all cards on the table, it would take you a couple days to learn how to fly properly. You, which this would mean you wouldn't have to roll for your travel. However, if you want to take a day to learn, just a day, and fly immediately, you would have to roll for like a travel check. Sure, it's I'm sure I can, I can pull this off. How, how, what do you want to do? A day or two days? Let's do a day. A day? Okay. Um, make yourself, I want to say, okay, so depending on what happens with this sky travel, if you succeed with your trip to Innsgrad on the, your personal, like it's like a, it's like a, it's almost like a single propeller airplane or a single engine airplane. Right. Um, if you succeed with this travel, you become proficient with uh, vehicles of air. We'll say. Oh, nice. Yes. So give me a, give me a D twenty roll. All right. Add your intelligence modifier plus. Well, you're not proficient, so add your intelligence modifier. D twenty roll is. 19 
plus an intelligence of of two, so twenty one. Twenty one. Okay, so as Johannes goes over the uh, basics of air travel, right? He shows you this personal skyship. It, it it's it's literally meant for one person, and he teaches you the basics, and you get a good grasp of what's what's going on. So with that role, it reduces the overall DC uh, should you leave tomorrow. It does take a day to learn this whole thing, though. So this will consume your, your one of your days. Um, Fair enough. But you sort of know how to fly. You'll only know for sure once you embark on your journey to Innsgrad. All right. It's time to take, the, take a chance, and it's time to fly. Okay. Uh, you spend a night at the Briar Rose, of course. Uh, do you partake in any sort of meal eating or anything like that? Oh, yes. I go, if I get time for dinner, I'll definitely do that. Okay. Yep. You definitely consume uh, what's on the menu. Um, your first meal is for free, whether you order a second meal or would you order a second meal or no? Yeah, I'll order a second meal. That'll to... only cost one gold. It, it's it's not expensive. Um, <clears throat> I need you to give me a D100 roll. Now, will I pilot safely or will I... No. I won't insult anybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so close. 61. 61. Ooh, eight off. Um, it's, you, you get off easy, you know, you take off easily enough. Johannes is watching along with his family. He's actually married to a Scalebound, by the way. Um, oh, nice. And they have hybrid Scalebound slash what you can safely assume is Dampier. Not vampire, but dampier, um, looking children, and they're all their children are probably like in their twenties or thirties right now, um, and so you take off and you're flying and it's pretty smooth sailing for the good like third of the journey. Then there's a third where you get hit with a pocket pocket of turbulence and there's a moment where you think you're not going to make it right because it's hard to stabilize, um, but you remember what uh, Johannes showed you and then you emerge out of that pocket and then you begin to fly towards Innsgrad. It takes you about two hours to reach Innsgrad, but you reach Innsgrad. Um, where would you like, what, are you looking for a spot in particular to land or you could look to like, try to go to like a skyport, like if you can find one? Well, yeah, I'm definitely, I'll say just to be on the safe side, I'll try and get to a skyport. Okay. Uh, At the rate, let's make sure that, make sure that, that Johannes can know where his ship is. That's going to be tough, but uh, <laughs> um, you arrive, um, you assume you arrive in the capital city of Marikov. Is Would you be trying yes. to go there? Okay. Um, you arrive at the capital city of Marikov, and you look for something that resembles a skyport, and you land in the skyport in this in a section where you see other single private, like, you know, sky ships as well. And then you're greeted by what looks like a, from all physical description, a vampire. Welcome to the city of Marakov. Is this your first stay? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. How long will your ship be needing... Hmm. How long will your ship be needing to stay here? Uh, a few days, I imagine. Um, the exact amount of time, I can't tell. Just, uh, just I'm actually looking for someone, so it may take uh, several days. 
leads me to my next question. What is your purpose of coming to Marakov? Uh, well, it's uh, uh, business. Business? Okay. What is your business? I'm searching for someone. Who is... If I give you their name, would you be able to assist in helping me find them? I may. Depends. If I know them. Uh, What's the name? The name is uh, Sun Per. Give me a perception roll. Oh. Literally the first dude I find here. <laughs> uh, that's that's a name you don't use around here, son. <laughs> no. <laughs> Perception 15 plus a 4, 19. His eyes widen briefly and he tries to hide it. Sumper, that's quite a unique name. Don't think I've heard that name before. Uh, uh, don't know. Hmm. But you're free to ask anyone else. It's going to... Reaching, reaching to my, my pocket and just kind of casually. What's well, a shame. Um, I was I was informed that maybe someone here, that someone here at the Skyport might be able to assist if I was able to find out. And I'll just pull up like, up. You'll see a handful of gold. He'll see a handful of gold. Like trying to be like, trying to be like casual, but like, like see a handful of gold. Are you making a donation to the Marakov Skyport Association? Of course, I am always. Uh, Happy to make to ensure the uh, maintenance and infrastructure of, of all ports are uh, carefully balanced and maintained. Well, that's quite generous of you as a foreigner. Well, then, if that's the case, and he puts out his hand. I'll just put down, like, ten gold. Hmm. Not bad. He pockets it. There is a woman by the name of Sunper. She's... She lives in the, uh... Well, what we can consider the Heart Cloud District. In the Heart Cloud District? Yes. Okay. My, my uh, hymn is not too good. Heart uh, Cloud, Cloud Heart. One, one of the two. Uh, are they two separate places? No. They, they're the same place. Just my... Um, Understanding of the language isn't too good. I'm not a Inscrad native. Despite looking like a vampire, he, he doesn't. He's saying that he's not an Inscrad native. Ah. No worries then. All right, is there. I would say. How much, how much travel would it take me to get here to the, to the Hot Club district? Mm, probably from here. If you don't get lost, I could say maybe an hour. It's further north. Um, what you're going to want to do is you're going to walk past this place called the Loose Fang. It's a nice little dive. Uh, should you be looking for a drink that isn't, uh, of the crimson variety? Catch my drift and he winks at you. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. You, you've gone to the right place. You walk up north a little bit and you can't miss it. You can tell because... Is as far as I can see, hotels, inns, taverns, you name it, it's there. Thank you, kind sir. Um, hmm. Uh, what is your name? My name is Alexander. That's spelled A L K E S A N D R. Alexander. Well, Alexander, I will thank you for so much for your assistance, and I will be returning, and it'd be great to 
rewards you for such efforts once again? Uh, for a little extra donation, I can keep an eye on your ship, make sure nothing bad happens to it while you're away. It's gonna do an insight check. It's like, it's like, oh no, I'm, oh no, I'm getting shaked. I'm Go ahead, give me, give me an insight check. <laughs> insight. Nine plus eight, 17. You can tell that when he says something bad won't happen to it, maybe he's the bad thing that could happen to the ship. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't do it, it's up to you. You could chance it if you want. Up to you. Oh, what's wrong with the yeah. altimeter? It doesn't work. Look, <laughs> like, just like, I walked into that one. It'll just reach in and hand over another 10 gold. Mm, thank you, you for it. your donation. The Skyport uh, Association sh smiles very brightly on you. Thank you, friend. And enjoy your stay in Marakov. I don't see anyone giving you any problems. Any patchy on the back? <laughs> 